An update on the sports gambling investigation from the DCI. And boy, we got some layers here. Beth Getz meets the press, the press conference today, and a preview of Iowa Hoops as they take on Maryland. A lot going on in Hawkeye Athletics as we go over three months searching for an offensive coordinator. All today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Well, speaking of sports wagering, uh, that's been something that has been quite the topic here in our state over what, the last eight months or so as uh, we look back upon it. And the sports gambling investigation has been something that on the surface, very simply, um, guys made a mistake. And I certainly argued at the time. I thought the punishment, certainly from the NCAA, was heavy-handed. That what came down for these athletes, and you think of guys like Noah Shannon, that saw his career come to an end for making a measly wager on a women's sporting event that just happened to be the University of Iowa. It wasn't insider information. It wasn't point fixing. It was not game fixing. There was no shaving happening. It was none of that. It was somebody that got caught up, got excited in the moment, like I did. Now, I can legally make a bet because I have no connection to the University of Iowa. Not at that level. I am 21 years old. Well, double that. More than double that. I can make those bets. That's okay. And yes, as I was making my way and before we crossed the state lines, on my way to the Final Four with my daughter last year, guess what? I put a couple bucks down on the Hawkeyes to upset South Carolina. So you have that component, right? You have that part of it. Um, It's disappointing. Nelson Brands. Tony Cassiope, guys that see their wrestling career come to an end. And there is still an end game for some of these athletes, and these guys, some of them still will have eligibility, but others won't. And it just seemed so heavy for what actually happened, for something that has completely changed the way that we talk about sports, we look at sports, the way that I talk about sports. I've been doing this for two decades, and though gambling's always been a part of what I've done with my radio shows, it's always been a conversation piece. It has evolved so much in the last five years. Now, it's no surprise that the NCAA is slow to come around. So that's out in the clear. That's out in the open. And I think people understand my thoughts on it. I was a sports wagerer long before it was legal in this state. There are plenty of ways around it. From bookies to offshore. Lots of different ways that you were able to do it. Today, it's legal. And... The NCAA, I still think, needs to continue to evolve. But the information that we've received over the last two days has been incredible. And finding out that 
Brad Sanger, a DCI agent, went into this and can't remember how this investigation started. As we're getting more and more information, lawyers are now talking to these DCI agents. We're finding out more. And some information that I've been able to obtain, from the way that I hear it, what it sounds like is a rogue agent. Somebody that was trying to make a name for themselves. Somebody that was looking to move up the ranks. Those kind of things. To have these student-athletes, male student-athletes, targeted student-athletes. That's another question that's been out there. Why didn't we hear about little Johnny that was 19 that also had an account? that he wasn't supposed to. Why were none of those people charged? Why was it only athletes? That's when you get into the targeted part of this. And now we find out that potentially this was all done illegally, that there was no search warrant, that there was not geofencing when that was put up, that that wasn't there. I mean, geofencing without a warrant, you can't do that. We hear from another DCI agent that was put on the case then later and was interviewing the Iowa State wrestler Panero Johnson and got a confession. He didn't think that's what this was about. This was looking at the big companies out there. and That's what they were looking at, and that's where they're going. That's what the DCI agent that was doing this interview, and then he asked off the case. I know of another agent that asked off this case. There are a lot of shady elements here. And you hope for the student-athletes, they get what's coming their way, and that's money. I mean, there's damages. There are financial damages from the amount of money that they can earn with NIL now. There are future earnings that are obviously taken off the table in many different instances. The stain that comes along and being involved in something like this, high profile. And from the looks of it, Agent Sanger, he wanted it to be high profile. He wanted this something to to raise his stock. So he targeted these people with geofencing starting in a dorm, going from there, moving on to athletic department offices. These are things that cannot be done without a warrant. But where did it come from? Where was the tip? You know, there's a story out there that it was an Iowa baseball player. He was using one of his parents' names. That's how he opened up an account. He was there, obviously, over 21. And then the parent thought that, hey, I think I got hacked. I think so. I got some identity theft happening here, and that's where it started. Well, if that's the case, I would hope, because this story's been out there for seven months, I would hope that Sanger would be able to recall that. Maybe it's wrong. Again, it's the rumor mill. You never know how that's going to go. You never know the validity, obviously, behind it. But that's been out there for a long time. He can't remember? And, and how much deeper does this go? Yeah, we hear our attorney general here in the state, Brenna Bird, she's passing the buck. Though she believes that everything was done correctly. Our governor, I mean, how how deep does this go? Look, I'm just a guy that talks on the radio. I'm just a guy that talks on a podcast. I have no legal background. We do have legal background represented with our buddy Biz. We'll see if we can get him on and maybe he can shed some light because, look, I'm grasping at straws here. I really am. Reading through the filings, it's it's a lot. It really is. But some of the biggest things. Major mentioned Special Agent Ludwig, 
reported his interview to his superior, Troy Nelson, who congratulated Special Agent Ludwig for obtaining a confession. Contrary to representations made to him and other special, special agents that morning, Special Agent Ludwig realized the purpose of the investigation was criminal in nature, with the sole targets being male Division I student-athletes at the University of Iowa and Iowa State. Special Agent Ludwig advised his superiors that he would no longer participate in the investigation and requested reassignment. He was not alone. I know of other DCI agents that had something similar here. Something stinks. It really does. Thankful that we're getting more information here. This was a whole lot more than, hey, you know you're not supposed to gamble. You did it. You got caught. Don't complain. When agents are doing things illegally, when your rights are being violated, I mean, when, when your constitutional rights are being violated, that's pretty difficult to swallow, right? Not only are you losing college eligibility, there's a whole lot more going on here. Yikes, is all we can say. Well, let's get into sports, at least the world of sports adjacent. Beth Getz, new athletic director at the University of Iowa. She met the press today. A little bit about that, and uh, the search continues for an OC. A couple of names are out there in the rumor mill, and don't exactly inspire a whole lot of confidence. We'll talk about those names. Plus, we'll get ready for Iowa-Maryland coming up tonight on the hardwood as the Hawkeyes return to Carver-Hawkeye Arena and try to pick up a win and start to build a little bit of momentum after the loss to Purdue. We'll talk about that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season, we are down to just four. The championship games are upon us in the AFC and the NFC, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use and so many different ways for you to bet. They got same game parlays. And they have live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find the most popular parlays. And a whole lot more. Build a big same-game parlay. Find what you like in the games. Of course, college basketball. There's so much to look at there. Uh, coming up with the Hawkeyes as they sit right now as a four-and-a-half-point favorite at FanDuel over Maryland. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet an easy one. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent Conner back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day, that's what we do here on the Lockdown Network. Beth Getz met with the media on Tuesday. We got to hear from Beth Getz for the first time after she has been officially named the athletic director. And a couple of takeaways there. Um, you can tell that she's very thoughtful in her responses. She really is. She is somebody that is measured in the ways that she goes about things. I thought she commanded the room incredibly well. You could tell that people were, were excited for her. That's going to happen. You see the same kind of thing when new head coaches are announced. And there was a lot of excitement in the building. A, a woman athletic director, something that has not happened. Christine Grant, you go back to the days when Iowa was one of the last, if not the last remaining uh, Division One 
athletic department that had two athletic directors, a separate men's and women's side. And that was Christine Grant and all the successes that she had as the AD at Iowa. And that morphed into Bob Bullsby in the role. It's something that doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, the University of Iowa has been at the forefront of things like that. And it's somebody that has the resume absolutely that deserves a position like she has. Has been a sitting athletic director at Ball State. Uh, started her career doing great things at UConn. Was an interim at Minnesota. Was very close to getting the Wisconsin job when that was up a couple of years ago. The resume is absolutely there. This is a deserving candidate. This is not a candidate that is just, well, we got to do something different here uh, with you know the Title IX transgressions that happened and, and then the money that was coming out because of Gary Barta and his ineptitude. This was not that. It was not a PC hire. This was hiring the best person. And you talk to people inside the athletic world, people that know athletic directors and what they do, they believe that this is going to be a good hire. Now, the only way that she is ultimately going to be judged is what happens on the field, on the court. That's what's going to matter. And she's got a huge, huge opportunity coming up in front of her. Kirk Ferentz is going to be 69. Lisa Bluter's in her 60s. Ray McCaffrey's in his 60s. Rick Heller is knocking on the doorstep of 60. How much longer is Tom Brands going to be around? Those are your cornerstone pieces of athletics. And let's be honest. You make a good hire for cross country or softball or tennis in the grand scheme of things. Look, I watch soccer. I watch Iowa women's soccer this past fall when they made a run in the NCAA tournament, right? But in the grand scheme of things, those don't matter if you're having successes in your major sports. And they're different at different schools. Wrestling doesn't matter everywhere. Well, everywhere doesn't even have wrestling. It's different, different places, right? Indiana was swimming for years and years. But here at Iowa, those are the main ones. I mean, those are the ones that absolutely are the calling card, and they all have aging coaches. The likelihood is that she's going to have to make the hire for the next football coach, a men's basketball coach, a women's basketball coach, and baseball coach. That's going to be what is in front of her. NIL, that's huge. Renovating Carver-Hawkeye Arena, uh, bringing it up into the 21st century, those are things that need to be done. And there's a whole lot more that needs to be figured out. But ultimately, it's about who she's going to hire and how that goes. What kind of role the decks does she have? What kind of connections and communications does she know? Those are going to be important things. Look, ADs do this all the time. ADs do it for a first time. We'll see eventually how that plays out. But that's how she's going to be judged. She can say all the right things. She can do all the right things with NIL. She can do everything perfectly, but if she doesn't get the hires right, she's not going to stay there for a long time. If she does, and success has come behind her with the head coaches that she hires, then she can stick around for 10, 15, 20 years because we've seen that at the University of Iowa. You do there, you maintain it, you build on it, you do good things, you will be rewarded. And one of the most stable places in the country for athletic directors, something that is not the case certainly across the country. Well, one place that's obviously been stable now for a quarter century, and that is the football coach at the University of Iowa, as Kirk Ferentz will be kicking off year number 25 next year. He'll do it with a new offensive coordinator. Who's that offensive coordinator going to be? I don't know. I don't know if Kirk knows. 
Uh, interviews continue this week, two more this week, apparently one later in the week. We were uh, talked about the potential guys that were still coaching a week ago in the NFL playoffs. Well, there's still four more teams that are still alive. A couple of names that were bandied about uh, today on the social media and the message boards it didn't inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, the first one is Luke Getze, and I'm a Bears fan. I saw Luke Getze. I was not terribly impressed by Luke Getze. Luke Getze's gone. Again, the validity of all this, we'll see. This is speculation. This is rumors. Don't need to be running out there and saying, hey, Cotton says they're talking to Luke Getze. I don't know myself. That's been out there, and that's all this is. And that's all I'm doing for you, passing along the rumors that are out there. I'm not a reporter. I don't pretend to be one. But when I get information, when I hear things, I'm happy to pass it along. It could be dead wrong. Let's hope this is dead wrong. Woof on that one. A couple other names. Uh, the Chip Kelly one. And, and to be honest, I don't remember if it was here or on the radio show. I brought this up, though, weeks ago because this has been out there. And the way that it was relayed to me is there was a conversation a couple of weeks ago between Chip Kelly and Kirk Ferentz. And, and when it was passed along to me, I, I said, well, he's still the coach at UCLA. He saved his job maybe with that win late in the season, and he's back for another year. But they came back and said, he knows this is it. He knows the likelihood that he's going to survive another season at UCLA is not very high. And at the top of his wish list is to get back to the NFL as an offensive coordinator, going back to what he enjoys most as he is, what, 60 years old, getting back, being an offensive coordinator, being the innovator that obviously he has been offensively, that's what he wants to do. A conversation was had, is what I was told. I didn't know exactly how far that conversation could have gone. Was it a real conversation about coming in and becoming the offensive coordinator at Iowa? Again, it just, it doesn't pass the smell test. They talked. Kirk talked to a lot of people. I don't think everybody that he's talked to means that they are somebody that is up for the OC job at Iowa. That one was a little difficult to get. And then you got Kevin Johns, who's bounced all over the place. He was at Duke most recently. He was at Indiana. Had a lot of success uh, with the Hoosiers, but in the early to mid-10s here, teens, uh, when he was there. He's been in Western Michigan for a year. He was at Memphis. Didn't go with Norvell to, to Florida State. He's been involved when some head coaches got fired but he's put up good offenses. Uh, of those three, Chip Kelly's not realistic. I, I, I still, I can't. Luke Getze, gross. Kevin Johns, I could be sold. How about that? Now, his philosophy and what he has done with offenses as an offensive coordinator does not marry with Kirk Ferentz. And maybe that would be the thing that would excite me the most is it's not somebody that is just going to do the plain Jane, same old thing. That they're, at least in the past, what he has done looks a whole lot different. Now, marriages don't exactly work. And, and trying to fit a round peg into a square hole, we know that doesn't work very well either. We saw what happened with Greg Davis trying to implement the horizontal passing game with the zone blocking scheme. It didn't look pretty. It was hideous. You saw James Vandenberg go from, what, 27 touchdowns one year to eight or nine the next. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. So just because somebody is different doesn't mean it's going to work. But that's one I could be sold on. That's one that at least of the names that are out there right now are intriguing. Is there more? We'll see. It's not inspiring at this point. We'll take a cautious approach. And, and you know what? 
win the press conference. Kirk brings in a guy that excites everybody until we see it on the field. You still have to be cautious about that, too. You really do. They're, they're just, we see too much of this lately. And this thing has cratered so much. This offense has taken so many steps back. The offensive line with the addition of Caden Proctor, all the starts that they have, all the just experience on offensive line. Don't they have to be good up front? The running back stable feels as deep as it's ever been, maybe at Iowa. You realistically are five deep, guys that at least they're confident in. And then you're bringing in a couple more freshmen. You got Xavier coming in from Indianapolis. You got Brevin Dahl coming in from ADM. You're seven deep there. Okay. You got a quarterback, if he's healthy, in Cade McNamara, that at minimum can be competent. I'm not saying that the pieces are there that I was all of a sudden going to be a top 30 offense in college football. That's probably not realistic pace of play, those kind of things. But can they be okay? I don't know. I would look at it from the outside and say, yeah, I think they could be. I, If I am confident in my abilities as an offensive coordinator, I can make them at least adequate. Are other people thinking the same thing? Now, what happened with Tommy Reese? Guy that looks like he's going to Cleveland to be a tight ends coach. Is Kirk remaining heavy-handed? Is that the concern for some of the people out there? I don't know. But as this drags on, we just we get deeper and deeper into the speculation, right? And your mind just starts turning deeper and deeper. What what could be this? The holdup will continue. Uh, the likelihood was we're not going to hear anything again this week, but that's where we are as the offensive coordinator turns. Wrapping things up with a little basketball talk. Iowa, Maryland coming up on the hardwood. Six o'clock start. We'll talk about that one. The Hawkeyes have to get a win, have to get a bunch of wins, and that needs to start this evening. We'll preview the matchup. What's it going to take to get the victory in Carver as we continue Locked On Hawkeyes? Back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So as we get ready for the matchup tonight, Purdue game, as we talked about in the reaction podcast, didn't go great. That 19-2 run still stings, but you look around college basketball right now, and it's just, it's a weak bubble. Uh, we had our bracketologist, his name is Shelby Wag. He runs the website bracketwag.com which stands for wild-ass guest, but he does a really good job. He's been doing it for a couple of decades now. And, you know, talking to Shelby, he says, with the addition of 68 teams now, the bubble's kind of always soft. We're talking about the Big Ten. This is not a very good Big Ten this year. But the good news is, short of the Big 12 this season, there aren't any great conferences. The ACC, eh. The SEC is okay. The Big East is okay. There's good individual teams, but just look around the sport right now. You look at a team like Kentucky that looked great on Saturday, brought uh, the the freshman in from Croatia, Big Z, and then they get blown out by South Carolina. North Carolina, they're playing great basketball right now, winning every game by double digits. That's a team that's already lost three games, lost to Nova, lost to UConn, lost to Kentucky. The top of the sport still has some warts. But then when you get even deeper, Take a look right now. I was 46 right at Ken Palm. Uh, Iowa is, I think, 49th in the net ratings when I looked uh, yesterday morning, right in that range. And you look at teams around them. One spot above them, Nebraska. Well, we saw that team, right? 
blew him out in Carver. One spot behind Iowa is Providence. I, I've seen Providence twice this year. They're not good. After that, Ohio State, we'll see them. Drake is 49th. South Carolina, aforementioned Gamecocks, they come in at number 50. Princeton's 51. Steve Alford's Wolfpack out in Nevada, they're at 52. That's what we're talking about with these squads. There's a path here for Iowa. Got to pile up the victories now. And it needs to start with this one against Maryland. So Maryland is a team pretty good on the defensive end. They stink offensively. It is the Jameer Young show. And that's basically it. He is, he's everything for them on the offensive end of the floor. Julian Reese, you remember him. He's been around for the last couple of years. Dot to Scott, another big body inside. Uh, They're, they're wide. They're physical. And they can play some defense, but offensively, they're not very good. I, I am not the most optimistic guy out there. Every day, as you know that. Optimism is not my strength when it comes to my sports teams. Real life, absolutely. Sports world, not so much. I, I hate to say I can't see how they lose this game because I thought the same thing with the Michigan game. I mean, that was a program that was absolutely reeling and somehow, some way, we let them come into Carver and get the win. This needs to be a win and a blowout. Go there, dominate this game, get those good feelings going. We'll see about Laje if he's going to be able to go. Coming off the ankle injury that he sustained, same thing with Patrick McCaffrey. Uh, what was, I think, strongly hinted at, more likely we'd see Patrick than Dembale uh, in this game. We'll see how either of them go. This is not just a winnable game. This is a game that Iowa should dominate. Only favored by four and a half, though. Ken Palm has them by five. And then a road trip starting on Saturday at Michigan. Get revenge there. You go to Indiana. Hoosiers are not playing well. Ohio State back at home after that at Penn State. who's not very good. Home again then for Minnesota. It's here. The closing stretch after that game. Those six games, Iowa can realistically be five and one. They're projected to win all six of them. But five and one. You get that? We'll start dreaming again. Starts tomorrow night, and we'll be back with you with an instant reaction podcast after Iowa, Maryland coming up. We'll see. Is there more rumblings? Is there more names in the offensive coordinator search? And will we get more information on the sports wagering case and what's happening with the DCI? Woof. What a bad luck. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll continue. We'll be back with you again tomorrow talking Hawkeyes as we do each and every day. We'll talk to you then. Go Hawks.